And hello, good evening. We're not in the evening. It's the morning. <laughs> I don't even know what time it is anymore. Good morning. Good afternoon. Wherever you're watching in the world today, it is Wednesday, November 16th, 2022. I'm your host, David Whitehead. Welcome to Truth Warrior. So glad to have you if it's your first time. If you're returning, welcome back. Welcome back. I hope you are keeping well. I hope you're staying healthy. I hope you're staying positive. Hope you're keeping your mind in a good place even though it's increasingly difficult to do that. But uh, we're not afraid of things that are difficult, are we? No, we are not. We are not. We march through the black mists. We march into the pits of Mordor as we try to find out the answers to life's big questions and we face the challenges that are in front of us. Glad to have you guys here. This is going to be a fun show. Um, I'm going to be having... One of my good friends, Julie, coming in just for a quick little uh, update on health and nutrition. Uh, she's a good friend of mine. I've had her on the show in the past. I'll, I'll link that below so you can catch up. We're just going to do a quick one um, today just to give some advice to parents and to all of you on just some basic things that you can do to stay healthy and avoid going to see the cult of the medics. Okay, that's the whole point. Uh, so we'll get to that in a bit. But I wanted to talk a little bit today about light and specifically biophotons and how that all relates to health and how that relates to everything. And this is a really good sort of follow-up on the premium series that I did called The Bible Decoded and specifically the one where we were talking about children of light and all this discussion in the Bible and other ancient texts and religions about light. And you can also catch a sort of summation of that series um, you can get it over on a show that I did with Josh Reed on the Red Pill Project. You can just go on Rumble, look up Red Pill Project. You'll see that I'm there. And we did, I think, like a three and a half hour show on this. Um, and I, it was really good. It was well received. I'm getting great feedback on it from you guys. So thank you so much. And so this will be really good sort of follow up notes on some of that. Because there's just so much. The more you jump into it, the more you realize there's just so much. And I can't include everything into every presentation. So. I've got some things to show you. Um, I did want to quickly let you guys know about a couple things, though, sort of on the news front. Uh, if you've been following me on my Telegram, and you can get me over there, DW Truth Warrior on Telegram. I don't know why it's not loading. Oh, there it is. And we've had a few breakthroughs. Oh, for, I'm seeing the mask video. You know the mask video? You, let, should we do it? Let's just do it real quick. It's just such a good one. This was like, to me, the of this entire pandemic, scamdemic thing, the fear-demic, this was probably, in my opinion, still the best video, especially with all this discussion about returning back to masking. We got to cover our breathing holes with dirty, bacteria-infested, moist rags in order to have health. <laughs> uh, this is a really good one. Let me just uh, show it to you. I'm sure you guys have seen it. It's really quick, but it's hilarious and it's very true. It's funny because it's true. Here, let's do this uh, full screen so it looks better. There we go. All right. I know you guys have seen it, but we're doing it again anyways. My apologies. 
I was wearing my mask because I just got back from a full day of being a good person. I love my mask because it's a simple yet effective way to display my righteousness. Am I concerned that two children in China dropped dead because they were forced to wear masks in gym class? Nope. Am I concerned that we're creating a generation of children who will be socially awkward and conditioned to fear their fellow man? No. Am I concerned that I'm contributing to an impending socialist technocracy that will enslave the global population? Not even a little bit. Am I concerned that my mask is symbolic of my compliance to the social conditioning that will eventually lead to the forced vaccination of every man, woman, and child on planet Earth? Not a chance. And why am I not concerned, you ask? I'm not concerned because I decided a long time ago that shallow and significant gestures are a much easier way to showcase my morality than actually being moral. Because in order to be a real good person, I gotta stand up to a real bad person. And I don't like standing up to or for anything. I've decided that it's much easier to trick my own mind into thinking compliance is a virtue instead of what compliance actually is. Cowardice. I prefer to float through life completely ignorant to the fact that every socialist takeover has always begun in the exact same way. With government overreach, public shaming, censorship, and a toilet paper shortage. Don't believe me? Google toilet paper shortage in communist Russia. Did you think you were having a unique experience? I prefer to pretend history never repeats itself so that I can stand by and turn a blind eye every time history repeats itself. I prefer to call anyone who speaks up, fights back, or stands their ground a lunatic or a conspiracy theorist so that I don't feel obligated to do my own research. Research takes away from me time. And lastly, I prefer to put on my mask and stand among a sea of masks so that I never have to be seen, be free, or reveal the deep dark shadows that lurk within me. <laughs> that was just so well done. I think it's What's Her Face? I think that's the channel. Um, oh my God. Like That was 2020, guys. That was at the beginning of when they started to mandate the masks. Look how well that video aged. I was saying when we have the future World War III museum and kids are, you know, going on school trips, I think that this video should literally just be the video that plays the moment you walk into the museum. You walk in and it just plays and it's documenting the time that we went through. That's how good it is. Can you believe we're back here again with the discussion and that some people are actually buying it? They still believe this. They still believe this stuff, guys. It's <laughs> there's a lot of people that just sadly aren't going to make it through this. Um, but we're trying our best to help them. We're trying our best no matter what, even though it's frustrating, even though we just want to tap out. I will never give up trying to give people plenty of opportunity to see the light, to see the truth to understand who the liars are and who the truth tellers are. Um, oh yeah, really quickly. Just want to give you a few more references real quick, just on sort of the, look at this. I can't believe, oh, is it gonna, I got to bring it up over here. Hold on. We're going to bring it over here. There we go. I can't believe that they have, Dr. Russell, Dr. Blaylock. Yeah, Dr. Russell Blaylock. His article, when did he put this up? He put this up in April of 2022 called COVID Update, What is the Truth? And of course, Dr. Blaylock is, is a medical heretic. He has denounced many of the cornerstones of the faith of the medics, and um, but was a highly esteemed medical expert for, for a long time. And he did a whole summary about how the COVID-19 pandemic, look at this, 
COVID-19 pandemic is one of the most manipulated infectious disease events in history, characterized by official lies in an unending stream led by government bureaucracies, medical associations, medical boards, the media, and international agencies. And he puts like the links. We have witnessed a long list of unprecedented intrusions into medical practice, including attacks on medical experts, destruction of medical careers among doctors refusing to participate in killing their patients, and a massive regimentation of healthcare led by non-qualified individuals with enormous wealth, power, and influence. We'll do one more paragraph. This is so good. For the first time in American history, a president, governors, mayors, hospital administrators, and federal bureaucrats are determining medical treatments based not on accurate scientifically-based or even experience-based information, but rather to force the acceptance of special forms of care and, quote, prevention, including remdesivir, use of respirators, and ultimately a series of essentially untested messenger RNA vaccines quote unquote, with the vaccine thing. For the first time in history, medical treatment protocols are not being formulated based on the experience of the physicians treating the largest number of patients successfully, but are rather individuals and bureaucracies that have never treated a single patient, including Anthony Fauci, Bill Gates, EcoHealth Alliance, the CDC, the WHO, state public health officers, and hospital administrators. He gets into the media. I could just sit here and read this whole thing. It's so good. And I'm so happy that it's still published. So you could still send this to some of your friends and go, can you just read through this and uh, let me know your thoughts? It's a good one. It's a good reference. So glad it's there. Thank you, Dr. Blaylock. Um, I just want to quickly do this. This is Dr. Earl Rubin from Montreal Children's Hospital and whether he knows it or not, he just admitted something massive that destroys the entire argument. He admitted, this is something that I was saying, okay? I just want to show you, we've got official backing here from even the people that still believe in this stuff. He just admitted that kids are getting sick because of wearing masks and social distancing. This is what he's saying. Their immune systems are weak as a result. And if you think about that, that completely destroys the narrative of bringing back masks. So let's just quickly hear from the man. Flu is here, uh, so we anticipate that the numbers will go up. Uh, for COVID right now, we are relatively stable. The majority of kids who are admitted with COVID are admitted for another reason and found to be COVID positive. But with BQ1 and 1.1 and VA 4.6, we don't know what's coming. So that's where that triple threat uh, really is. But at this point in time, it's really RSV that is the issue. So to answer your question, um, we have, there's kind of that perfect storm that's brewing. We have easy transmission of these viruses. We have a population that is not immune because they've been wearing masks and distance and not going to school in the last couple of years. Oh, really? uh, so you get increased numbers who are vulnerable. And on top of that, you have kids who are not only vulnerable, but because they don't have immunity are getting sicker. So all of these things are uh, coming into play. Okay, so interesting. Interesting. Does the man realize that he has just single-handedly debunked the entire protocols that we have had to endure for the past three years and impose on children? I was bringing this up in my show on Monday that children 
like we brought up what is, I was just looking through a few different articles and whatnot, just to show you what we all kind of know. You can go look at the detailed science on this, but we all know this, that how is your immune system formed and strengthened? How are children's immune systems formed and strengthened? You need to interact with bacteria. You need to interact with all these things. You have to. And that's how you inform the immune system as to what is the body so the immune system doesn't attack itself, which is what ends up happening with a lot of these autoimmune issues. You need to inform that immune system by exposure to all these things in, in, in the environment and these illnesses and whatnot. And you have to have that communication going back and forth. It's a natural function. You need it to be informed. So if we hypersanitize the world, we force children to sit in those little hoops separated from their peers. Social distancing was the worst idea ever. Um, we masked them. We made them marinate themselves in hand sanitizer. Everything was sprayed with Javex or whatever the hell they were spraying everything with, harsh chemicals that destroy everything. And it was like, who, who was that? I think Rocco Galati had said the approach that they took was they're trying to kill a fly that landed on a glass table. And they, instead of just using some actual intelligence, they take a big sledgehammer and they just whack and smash the entire table trying to kill the fly. And they still didn't kill the fly. They actually just destroyed the table. And that table was our economy, our lives, and our immune systems, the protocols they told us to follow destroyed the developing immune system, interrupted that process, especially in these children, because think about it, they're forming it. They're still forming it. And here he is admitting it. We've got more kids that are sick because they haven't been able to form a, a fully functioning immune system because of the masks and social distancing. That's what he's saying. This is the guy that runs Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto, in Montreal. And he's saying, we're not really seeing COVID, even though I know with the PCR test, how do they even know? Just we're talking to people that are still watching the news, okay? Um, and you just sit back and you go, okay, so there's all this, there's a video going around on Twitter with this young girl who's all connected up uh, to a bunch of machines in the hospital and... They're using this as, I can't imagine why adults just can't wear a mask. Like, how dare you use a child's child being sick and equating that with people not wearing masks? It's actually the people wearing masks and social distancing and still adhering to the Kool-Aid, it's still drinking the Kool-Aid from the cult. They are the ones spreading disease. They are the ones contributing to this. You're, you're stunting people's immune systems. So think about that. That means all the protocols they took actually created the pandemic. They created basically a rougher flu season, right? So incredible, incredible. I just wanted to show you guys that. Uh, what else was it real quick before we get into the actual talk? Uh, hey, the UN vaccine commercial. Did you see that? I'm not even going to show it. It's just so stupid. Um, Oh, yeah. Another 28-year-old Australian football player has died unexpectedly. 
How many more athletes do we have to lose before people come to their senses? Yeah, this is, uh, <laughs> there you go. This is another confirmation of what we were just talking about. And I love his name on Twitter, right wing a-hole doctor. <laughs> Children are getting incredibly sick from common childhood respiratory viruses. The suspected cause, low levels of population immunity from two years of masking and social distancing. Their current solution, bring back the same public health measures for children. Guys, if you're anybody you know is trusting these people, like you really need to give their head a shake and show them the facts, okay? Um, they keep doing these polls and they keep getting demoed. Calling for universal masking in schools and on transit. Do you support the idea? 91% say no. Uh, there was a county, there was an area in Ontario County of Essex that decided to uh, impose mask, mandatory masks again in indoor facilities, even though the province of Ontario has not made it mandatory. Taking the power in our own hands. Okay, let's just go through this thread. You've probably read it if you're following me out, but I just want to make sure everybody gets this. This was a great thread done by Ella Varia Elpis, <laughs> Ella Proud Refusnik. Um, let's just go through it. The UK government admits that vaccines have damaged the natural immune system of those who have been double vaccinated. The UK government has admitted that once you have been double vaccinated, you will never again be able to acquire full natural immunity to COVID variants or possibly any other virus. So let's watch the real pandemic begin now. In its week 42 COVID-19 vaccine surveillance report, the UK Department of Health admits on page 23 that quote, N antibody levels appear to be lower in people who become infected after two doses of vaccination. It goes on to say that this drop in antibodies is especially permanent. And what does that mean? We know that vaccines do not prevent infection or the virus. Indeed, the report elsewhere shows that unvaccinated or that vaccinated adults are now much more likely to be infected than the unvaccinated. And the British now find that the vaccine interferes with the body's ability to make antibodies after infection, not only against the spike protein, but also against other parts of the virus. In particular, vaccinated people do not appear to form antibodies against the new nucleolapsid protein, the envelope of the virus, which is a crucial part of the response in unvaccinated people. So she's just going through what the government is saying, right? In the long term, the vaccinated are far more susceptible to any mutations in the spike protein, even if they have already been infected and cured once more. The unvaccinated, on the other hand, will gain lasting, if not permanent, immunity to all strains of the alleged virus after being naturally infected with it even once. And there's the source. And I put the actual link on the Telegram post. The first insurance companies are backing down because a huge wave of claims is coming their way. And Anthony Fauci confirms that the PCR test cannot detect live viruses. Anthony Fauci confirms that neither the antigen test nor the PCR test can tell us whether someone is contagious or not. This invalidates all the foundations of the so-called pandemic. So really, really good little thread there. And it's just good. We're using their own science against them. This is another one from Dr. Virginia Johnson on Twitter. Do you know what the doctors and MSM are mum on? The vaccination status of the suddenly increased number of RSV patients. Usually they shout it from the rooftops. What does that tell you? Yeah, they're not going to talk about that because it, there's, the vaccines are what are, sp are spreading this around. It's a, it's a pandemic of the vaccinated. <laughs> 
Now, this is a really, really good one for your toolkit for your, uh, let's put this in your ammo clip. Okay. Here's the proof from the Pfizer documents with link to show RSV as a result from the Pfizer vax. Please retweet this far and wide. The government wants mandates back on account of something that they caused. CRSV on page 37, adverse events. This is from the Pfizer adverse events drop that they did. And page seven for the number of dead within three months of vaccine. If they have now admitted that they have detected the vaccine in breast milk, what is going to, what is that, what is do, sorry, what is that doing to a breastfeeding infant? And there it is, RSV. So I, I keep that handy for all the people that are posting about how um, this is all the stuff we need to do is just keep doing the same stupid shit that we've been doing this entire time. And somehow magically it's eventually going to work, but we know they're lying. We know there's a bigger agenda. We know it was all nonsense, um, but it's amazing to see it coming out officially. That's all I'm saying. So it's a positive thing. Now that's all I was going to cover with the news. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about this idea of how, we're told ye are light. And in the Bible, we're told God is light and Jesus is light and you are light. And, and you can go to many ancient religious uh, texts and they'll tell you the same thing. And we're finding out a lot about this phenomena in science. So there's a really, it's a really interesting time to be alive. So let me just go through this real quick as to what biophotons are. Because photon is light. It's the the pure light that is basically the base frequency behind all things in the universe. Okay. And you have this whole network. This is what your body is. It's a network. It's a conductor of this light. And so when we get into the world of biophotons, actually a really good guy to listen to on this subject is Anthony peak, Anthony peak. If you go on YouTube and you put Anthony peak biophotons or light, um, he's got some incredible, uh, theories on this and a lot of the science to back it up about how you are light. So it's a really, really fascinating subject. And as I said, it, it flows very well with uh, what I've been presenting on some of these things. And so here it is. This is a good website, gardenoflight.org. This is back in 2017. Scientists discover biophotons in the brain that could hint our consciousness is directly linked to light. And I will actually show you the scientific paper in a sec, but just to go through a, an overview of this, scientists found that neurons in mammalian brains were capable of producing photons of light or quote biophotons. The photons, strangely enough, appear within the visible spectrum. They range from near infrared through violet or between 200 and 1300 nanometers. So look, these are like the neurons. They always say the neurons firing in your brain. It's literally light. Your thoughts are light. Scientists have an exciting suspicion that our brain's neurons might be able to communicate through light. They suspect that our brain might have optical communication channels, but they have no idea what could be communicated. Even more exciting, they claim that there is an optical communicator, or sorry, an optical communication happening. The biophotons our brains produce might be affected by quantum entanglement meaning there can be a strong link between these photons, our consciousness, and possibly what many cultures and religions refer to as spirit. And don't forget, spirit comes from spiritus in Latin, and in Greek, it's pneuma. And in, I think, spiritus uh, is, spiritus 
and pneuma are both referring to breath, the breath of life. In a couple experiments, scientists discovered that rat brains can pass just one biophoton per neuron a minute, but human brains could convey more than a billion biophotons per second. This raises the question, could it be possible that the more light one can produce and communicate between neurons, the more conscious they are? <laughs> it's mind-blowing. If there is any correlation between biophotons, light, and consciousness, it can have a strong implication that there is more to light than we are aware of. Just think for a moment, many texts and, and religions dating way back since the dawn of human civilization have reported of saints, ascended beings, and enlightened individuals having shining circles around their heads. From ancient Greece and ancient Rome to teachings of Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam, Christianity, among many other religions, sacred individuals were depicted with a shining circle in the form of a circular glow around their heads. If they are as lightened as they are described, maybe the shining light circle was just a result of the higher consciousness that they operated with, hence a higher frequency and production of biophotons. So just some interesting things to, uh, to look at there. I love the name of this site. Uh, this one here, there's another good one here from Green Med Info. Biophotons, the human body emits, communicates with, and is made from light. Increasingly, science agrees with the poetry of direct human experience that we are more than the atoms and molecules that make up our bodies, but beings of light as well. Biophotons are emitted by the human body, can be released through mental intention, and may modulate fundamental processes within cell-to-cell -cell communication and DNA. Um, so this is just, it's, it's a great write-up just going through some of the clips out of various science and whatnot. And, and it's, it's just a good one. So I'll post all this stuff for you guys to peruse on your own. I like this cause they've got lots of sources. So you can go on some breadcrumb trails here and it's just fascinating. It's bloody fascinating. And then this is the one here. Okay. So now we get into the science. Uh, when was this done? When was this done? Um, does it say the date? Well, it doesn't really matter. Emission of mitochondrial biophotons and their effect on electrical activity of membrane via microtubules. Here's all the people that did the study. Check this out. So here's the abstract. Okay, just so you know where they're at with this. In this paper, we argue that in addition to electrical and chemical signals propagating in the neurons of the brain, Signal propagation takes place in the form of biophoton production. This statement is supported by recent experimental confirmation of photon guiding properties of a single neuron. We have investigated the interaction of mitochondrial photons with microtubules from a quantum mechanical point of view. Our theoretical analysis indicates that the interaction of biophotons and microtubes causes transitions, fluctuations of microtubes. Is that how you say it? Microtubules? Microtubules? <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, between coherent and incoherent states. A significant relationship between the fluctuation function of microtubules and alpha EEG diagrams is elaborated on in this paper. We argue that the role of biophotons in the brain merits special attention. <laughs> this is a... Uh, this is the main sentence here that you got to take from that. We have to look at the role of biophotons in the brain. Okay. And they're, they're suddenly coming around to it. 
So they just have a, I'll just go through a little bit more. All living cells of plants, animals, and humans continuously emit ultra-weak biophotons, which are ultra-weak electromagnetic waves, in the optical range of the spectrum, which is associated with their physiological states and can be measured using special equipment. Neural cells also continuously emit biophotons. And the intensity of biophotons is in direct correlation with neural activity. Look at this. Cerebral energy metabolism. Remember all that talk about the cerebral spinal fluid, the kundalini, the, uh, the pineal gland, the production of melatonin in the body, right? Light in the body. EEG activity, cerebral blood flow, and oxidative processes. So really, that's some a lot of fancy jargon for making sure that the body is in a state of health, an optimal health. And the more optimal your health, based on all aspects of what you are as a living being, meaning mind, body, and spirit, if you have those three spheres of yourself in harmony and balance, you have a better production of biophoton. You have access to more consciousness. You have access to more light. Think about that. Okay. So according to Van Wilk, they're just citing this guy. There are significant correlations between the fluctuations in biophoton emission and fluctuations in the strength of electrical alpha wave production in the brain. Some unpublished observations suggest that the state of the biophoton field of a person may be connected to the state of the brain as measured by the EEG and certain meditative states characterized by a high degree of coherence in the EEG may well be accompanied by a high degree of coherence in the biophoton field. Although measurements correlating the coherence of biophoton field and the EEG readings have not been made yet. During the natural metabolism, Sorry, during the natural metabol... <laughs> it's morning, guys. Give me a sec to kick on here. During natural metabolic processes taking place in diverse living organisms, permanent and spontaneous ultra-weak biophoton emission has been observed without any external excitation. There's all the citations there. The emergence of biophotons is due to the bioluminescent radical and non-radical reactions of reactive oxygen species, or ROS, and reactive nitrogen species, RNS, and involves simple cessation of excited states. The main source of biophotons derives from the oxidative metabolism of mitochondria. And neurons also incessantly emit biophotons. Biophoton emission from neural tissue depends on the neuronal membrane depolarization and the CA2 plus entry into the cells. This biophoton emission can be facilitated by the membrane depolarization of neurons by a high concentration of K plus, that's just their way of measuring it and uh, indicating it, and can be attenuated by application of tetrodotoxin or, or removal of extracellular CA2 plus. So getting a little bit scientific here, but just want to show you that they're, this is what they're into and they're just confirming and they're very much suspecting that the, uh, there's a massive connection with this biophoton production and 
your capacity for consciousness. So to boil it down, and I'm trying to think of what's the most simple language to describe this here. <laughs> you are light. <laughs> there you go. All is light. And think about what I want to also point out here is the relationship between you and what's happening around you. Like it, we feel we're isolated from nature and all the natural processes but we're completely synchronized with it. And this is why we talk about making sure that you're getting out, getting barefoot in the grass, on the beach, getting your kids into the mud, all those minerals, all that, all that stuff is so good. And, and even the bacteria, even the, uh, this, all these things that we're parents are usually afraid of, you know, they're spraying their counters down, they're wiping the hell, hell out of everything. And then you're not interacting with the natural world anymore. So slowly, what I think the overall agenda here is of this medical cult, uh, whether it's all purposeful or everybody involved knows this or not, I just think they're misguided in many cases, but I think there's something very dark directing it all. Um, they want to cut you off from your natural power supply that you get both externally from the sun, from nature, and also internally, the internal ability to produce higher states of consciousness, literally based on how much light you can emit at your cellular level. So they want to turn the lights off so that you can be directed because understanding this is the path to freedom. Simple as that. Uh, and if we are going to say, well, I trust, I trust science, I trust pharma, I trust these drugs and all these health advisors with my health. It's not working out well, and it won't work out well in the future because they don't look in, they don't think of it like this. They think the way that the main germ theorists uh, look at this is they want, they see the body as a sanitized environment that has become toxified by all this stuff that they have to cleanse out when that's actually essential for health to happen. You need that. You need balance in the body. And by putting all these drugs and chemicals in such a synthetic way into the body and introducing disease into the body by just injecting it into the muscle tissue, which is never how you get sick. So it's an unnatural process. You're messing with a very, very delicate and intricate system that they're still just trying to figure out now. And they've been looking at this for how long? And yet they're saying, everything's perfectly safe. It's all good. Just go along with it. But that's where the whole thing that struck me with this whole rollout of the pandemic was how unnatural it was. How every measure was to disconnect us from the natural process to disconnect us from our fellow humans. So being around other humans and exchanging all of these different things back and forth on a physical level. And also you could bring in the sort of epigenetic or consciousness field level, the psychosomatic level of the relationship between all beings. Okay. They wanted to put barriers in front of all of that. And look what they did. They put barriers up everywhere. The mask is a barrier between human communication. The also the fact, the lack of knowledge, 
that they have in the mind-body connection, that there is a significant, a significant role of your mindset when it comes to how much, first of all, just with your immune system, and also with your ability to produce consciousness, which is this biophoton. They're just calling it biophotons, just a bunch of fancy scientific names for light in the body. And if you find out that your pineal gland, if we look at it in the physical brain, right? And yeah, if you would, uh, this might be a bit brutal, but if you were to cut the brain in half and look at that whole area where the, the pineal gland sits, it's literally exactly the same image as the eye of Ra in Egypt. So I think a lot of this kind of stuff was already known, right? And that single eye, which even in the Bible, they say, let thine eye be single and your body will be full of light. There's actual scripture verses on this. That's what I cover. Um, you find out that that pineal gland is the conductor of the orchestra of the body. That whole, that whole on the physical domain here, that whole complex, there's that little pool of the cerebral spinal fluid. And they're saying that cerebral energy production has to do with that biophoton production. Um, it has to keep refilling that pool that is sort of marinating that area where the pineal gland sits. Okay. And that's your, that's the eye that's single. That's what you see. You see visions when you go to sleep and is there's a whole dimethyltryptamine production process and all that. Um, but that's also what regulates your melatonin production and your immune system. The, the strength of your immune system relies on the clarity of that signal from that cerebral spinal process, right? So that you can emit that biophotonic light and you can have mystical vision. You can have higher states of thinking. You can actually grow and produce more brain cells as you're learning new things. You can have mystical experiences, out of body experiences, all that. But, um, the main thing is that it regulates the actual health of your body. So if, we are in, in, in an environment of everything being synthetic and we're surrounded by heavy metals and toxins and chemicals and people are injecting it in everybody and all these drugs people are taking, both illicit and the legal ones that your doctor's prescribing you after you see them for five minutes and they go, oh, here's a drug for you. That stuff is just turning off the lights. Because it's, what's, look at around, we're getting, we have the best scientific knowledge in human history, but here we are sick as dogs and we're being turned into little slaves now. So the old knowledge of how this is done, even though they didn't use scientific language, this is the most ancient knowledge we have of, of what is the human body. You are conducting light. You are the prism that that, that's the Pink Floyd image of the white light. That's the photonic light, the pure source field light that resonates behind everything in the universe hits the prism. You can't see that light. You can't see it with your naked eye until it gets differentiated through the prism. And that creates the light spectrum. And then there's another layer. And I do bring this up in uh, children of light, but I found a really good little video that breaks down how this process works where uh, Goethe, one of the most brilliant German minds, he was a, he was a philosopher and a scientist in Germany. Um, 
he came up with an, uh, a totally different perspective on light and darkness and the interplay and the change of the light spectrum based on that. And it just kind of threw the Newtonian perspective on its head. And I've talked about it a few times, but I found a really good, it's just about two and a half minutes, a little summation from an older documentary on it. So let's take a look at that and then we'll, we'll add this piece to the puzzle. The contrast between light and darkness absorbed Goethe, both as a poet and observer of nature. In the celestial phenomena, Goethe studied the encounter between light and darkness and the birth of colors. Part of the Earth's atmosphere consists of dust and particles that Goethe called Trübe. In the Trübe sphere, light meets darkness and the colors are born. At sunrise and sunset, when the white light of the sun passes through the Trübe, we may observe the marvelous sight of the colors playing on sky and earth. To explain what happens, Goethe ordered pieces of glass to be mounted in the lid of the box. They are colorless, but translucent, and thus have the same effect as the ash and particles in the trubosphere. When the lid is closed, and we look down through the glass into the darkness of the box, the glass looks blue. When we open the box and look through the glass into the light, the glass turns yellow. The snake on Goethe's glass has the same Trüber effect. When we see the snake with the light behind it, the snake looks yellow. But if we see the snake against the dark background, we see the snake as blue. It's the same phenomenon that gives color to the sun at sunrise and sunset. We see the white sun as yellow and red when we see it through the trubosphere. The denser the trubosphere, the redder we see the sun. When we look at the sky, what we are actually gazing into is the darkness of outer space but we see it as a blue sky when the light from the sun passes through the trubosphere that's just in front of it. The particles of the trubosphere reflect the light. There is thus light in front of the darkness. The thinner the trubosphere, the darker blue we see the sky. The blues arise in the interaction of our eyesight, the darkness of outer space, and the illuminated trube. The colors belong to our eyesight. Boosh! Isn't that mind-blowing? Oh my god, when I saw that and I started looking into this, wow, that really, really brings another perspective on things. And you can do these little experiments on your own. You can do them with your kids. Um, I actually am really happy. My wife got, she's doing this in-depth science course with the kids and she got a little microscope and we're going out to the ocean and we're getting algae and uh, we're grabbing rocks and just all these different things and we're putting them underneath and like zooming in and, and just looking at this little universe that exists that you can't even really see and showing that to the kids are just fascinated by this stuff. They can't get enough of it. And you know what's amazing about it? When I we started showing the kids how we study these things, 
now when they go out, they see a totally different world. They're actually paying attention to what the sun is doing, what the moon is doing, what the stars are doing. I also have that awesome, uh, what's that app called again? Skyview or something? Let me just make sure I get the right, what is it? Yeah, Skyview. And it, you can, it shows you like, it's astrology and astronomy. So you can, you, sh you point it up at whatever you're seeing in the sky and you can see what planets that are, where they're at, satellites going around, all that stuff. And so we try to show the kids as above, so below. And <laughs> they're just loving it. They're loving it and having just a totally different experience with nature other than just, oh, there's a tree, there's a rock, there's a water. Like, you're like, what is water? What is that? What What is the light doing on the water? It's actually this, the view I have of the water from where I live. We live right across the street from the ocean and the water, the sun, is always dancing on the top of the water, right? The, the, the walking on water, the sun walks on the water and we look at it and just the reflection is sometimes so bright. It lights up the whole upstairs, just the reflection off the water of the sun. And my daughter and I, we always talk about it, just how amazing it is. And then another time it's dark and rainy and you can't even really see the sun because it's blocked by clouds. And so we have all these discussions and I just feel like, we don't talk to our kids enough about this stuff. And we kind of think like, oh, they have to go through the proper education process. They're not ready for it. They're fascinated by this. And I think the more that they know, even just to become curious about it, I think that is just so important. And then when you tell them, you give them the punchline, hey, guess what? You see that light out there? Did you know that your body is also emitting a similar light? And that's what your thoughts are? <laughs> it's like, what? What? So, um, and, and then, then you tell them about what health is. And I see it. I see the, I see the effects in my kids for how we've uh, taught them about this. We didn't just make a bunch of rules about it. We got them involved with it. And I think that's important as adults. And if, if you have kids or you know kids, um, don't be shy to talk to them about this stuff because it's, it's really important that they learn it. Uh, I live in a place too, where there's a lot of these nature schools where you can take them for a day and there's people that take them out and they show them all the different types of plants and mushrooms and pine cones and bird life. And, and you just get them in that environment and just watch them just fly. You know, they just love it. Even when my daughter would like resist me cause she'd rather stay home. Uh, and I don't know, play Nintendo switch or something. I'm like, no, no, let's go. And then they go and that you can't get them out. They just can't, they don't even want to come home. Um, so introducing your kids to nature, getting them, basically I'm trying to teach them to have a relationship with these things. Like you have a relationship with all of these plants and the birds that come by. Like we have a lot of hummingbirds around here and the council of owls always shows up and we talk about that and, uh, they're communicating with sound and, um, you know, the deers that walk by and the rabbits. I'm just so blessed where I live because we get the whole spectrum of nature here. Eagles flying over, the predator birds are going over. And I'm just like, look at this incredible system. That's perfect. It's perfect. And your body is that also. So what you need to stay healthy is you need to be inspired with life. Inspire which means infused with spirit, 
which means you're emitting more biophotons. You are inspired. You have to inspire your kids, inspire people. Don't just slap them up the head with a bunch of dark information. Inspire them with the light first. Inspire them with, because I think sometimes people don't even know what we're missing when we're going to kneel at the altar of this cult of the medics. You have to be inspired with life. And if you are proactive about that process and you learn to love the process and you learn to enjoy the process of learning about what you are, who you are, what is a soul, what is spirit? When you find out that it's light and breath put together and you realize what your body is, the, the question about how do we stay healthy and how do we avoid all these things, the fear goes away. And when fear goes away, you're emitting more biophotonic light. When fear, well, that's what they say, fear is the mind killer, right? Fear is the mind killer. Where's that? I'm going to pull that quote up. It's from Dune. I'm going to get it. Hold on. Fear is the mind killer. Where's my notes? Why isn't it doing it? Okay, let's do this. Let's put Dune. Yes. Here it is. Okay. Frank Herbert from Dune. This is a great one. This is, this is something that gives me a lot of strength and inspiration. I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. When it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. Woo! Getting goosebumps, man. <laughs> getting goosebumps, man. <laughs> Read that shit to your kids, okay? Read that shit. T talk about that. And just that idea of when I turn my eye to it, when I address it, when I know what fear is. My daughters, one of my daughters had some issues with nightmares and she was going through a bit of a process she was really stressed out by all this pandemic crap. Like really, it really affected her negatively. And it, my heart was just bleeding for her. So I just, I would read her this kind of stuff. I would switch her mind back. I go, let's not talk about that. Those are just people that are living in fear. They're living in fear and you're feeling that fear. That fear is contagious. Okay. That fear is contagious. So don't let them pass it to you. You have gates in your mind. You can actually prevent that from happening. You can learn from the great wisdom about the right way to think about it. You're not going to run from fear. You don't hide from fear. You make fear your ally. You make it a friend. You make it an informer for you. It works for you now. You don't work for the fear anymore. You actually recruit it to be an informer and then you you objectively observe it and when you let it pass through you don't try to just block it out because when you do such a direct nature doesn't work like that it doesn't like forced things so you don't block it out and go la 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 i'm not afraid like you it has to be real you have to let it pass through you have to sit with it you have to sit with it remember that show dexter um, he, he described his serial killer psychopathy or whatever as a dark passenger, right? 
I just like that phrase, the dark passenger. It's just a metaphor for these sort of negative emotions or these feelings of fear and depression and anxiety and all that, that we're all battling against, right? You're all in a, we're in a battle. All right. It's all happening inside of you. And so what you do is you make it a passenger and you go, okay, fear, how you doing? You're back. Okay. What's going on? And you, you start to take it as a signal that's telling you, you are just, you're, you're not producing the biophotons that you need in order to combat that fear. And so this is why I love this quote. He's talking about, let it pass through you. Let it pass over you. When I do that, not, nothing is left. Only I, the true self, the kingdom of heaven, the source of that photonic emission, only that is left. And then the fear, you've just disarmed it from any power that it has over you. You didn't repress it. You didn't hide from it. You didn't run from it. You didn't drug it out of you. You didn't distract yourself from it. You embraced it. You integrated it. You spoke to it. You had a conversation with it. Now it works for you. Now you've got the order inside of you. The inner order of your inner temple is now correctly aligned. When everything is aligned, that's where you have strength. And I'll give you one more anecdote about that. Um, as a martial arts instructor, there's a lot of knowledge that you have to gain about how the physical body works, right? So that you get the optimal power, the optimal speed, the optimal production of energy. You want to learn how to become efficient. So you're not just wasting all your energy. Um, there's a lot of things that go involved. And when I started after years of training like this, I started to realize that there's a deeper metaphor to it that like we talk about a lot, like in jujitsu, for example, when you're going to apply a technique or resist a attack, if your body, say you're blocking a punch or something, right? If my body isn't quite lined up properly, and it can be a matter of a degree, like a very small degree, if my body isn't lined up properly, if I don't have a stabilizer that's behind the force of the attack, I can't properly absorb the attack. I, I won't be strong enough to block it. Okay. Um, and so we talk a lot about alignment and a, a huge part of it is the alignment from your hips to your spine, to your neck, that those aspects can't be off center. They have to be lined up. And when you line it up, you are 10 times stronger. Because it's not, we call it, it's not muscular strength. It's skeletal strength. It's structural strength. And then the muscle strength on top of it. Think of doing a deadlift. Think of doing a bench press. Think of doing, lifting up a big basket of laundry. I don't know. If you line your body up properly and you use your legs and your hips and your spine to be lined up, you're more efficient. You're way stronger and you won't injure yourself. If you do it wrong and you lift with your lower back first and then come up with something really heavy, you're going to pull your back out and then now you're injured. And I love these metaphors for the body because the same metaphor could be used with your consciousness, with your mind. That when you align the body and the mind, when you align your thinking correctly and you mirror it off of nature and the way nature is aligned perfectly to the smallest to the biggest, from the smallest to the biggest, it's perfect. 
now it's efficient. Now it's alive. Now it there's things that can happen. You have now strength that you didn't have before when you were misaligned. And we can take this metaphor further towards your immune system. When you've aligned your mind, body, and soul, literally the biophotons, you are creating the environment for your health in your body. You are creating that environment. It doesn't mean you're, doesn't mean you're never going to get sick or you get little things here and there. It's actually part of health to get sick. Okay. Isn't that weird? And I would say the same on the dojo mats. I'd be like, it's part to be successful at this art. You got to get your ass kicked numerous times. You got to put your thousand hours in 990 of those hours are going to be failure. 10 of those hours are going to be success. How many people want to do that? But guess what? When they don't do it, they don't earn a new skill. They don't earn a new power. They don't get anywhere. So part of the conditioning process is to keep us depressed. Depressed. When you're depressed, you're not efficient. When you're depressed, you're not able to generate light. And when you're not able to generate light, how can you have health? So when we talk about health experts and none of these buffoons came out and told you about any of this stuff, that's how I knew it was bullshit. Cause I'm like, Oh, they're not bringing up this. They're not bringing up Goethe's experiment about light and darkness and where things come from and what you are and cellular mission and bio photons and consciousness and, uh, you know, ridding your body of fear, your body will store the fear physically. Cause what is a thought that produces fear or produces courage? It's light. It's neuronal light. It's consciousness light. It's energy. It's just, we're having this experience where we think of it as feelings and all that kind of stuff. But really there's an, there's a deep process that's happening. So this is how you hack the body, not the way you're all Harari is telling you, which integrating you with a bunch of technology and, you know, eradicating the organic human. This is the real way. And I say, guys, the more they're trying to turn us into cyborgs and slaves and this beehive that they want to create, the more human we have to be. And this, what I'm telling you, the science of light, the secret of light and darkness, by the way, it's, it's, you're both, it's dualistic. That secret is how you stay healthy on all of those different levels and living in fear, living in a state of being depressed. You can't stand on your own anymore. You can't produce the light that you need in order to th not just to survive, but to actually thrive and live as a human being. So we got to teach our children self-knowledge, self beyond self-esteem, self-love, self-care. And the fact that when you go, your body emits light, the same light you see from the sun, the same light you see, the light in the eyes that you see in another human, this is how you teach your children empathy. And with empathy, that's the empathy is just a, a fancy word for your ability to connect to nature and your fellow human, because you see yourself in all of them. You see yourself in the sun. You see yourself in the trees. You see yourself in the birds. You see yourself in those other humans. You even see yourself in these dark sorcerers who are just, they've shut all the lights off and they are going in completely the other, other way. And as I said before, if we go with that Yoda quote, fear is the path to the dark side, 
Fear is also the path to ill health because you can't produce those biophotons. You can't produce the light of the body that was told, talked about in all these ancient texts. And now we have the scientific language to tell you the exact same thing. I just find that to be absolutely incredible. So uh, just a few things to get to you guys. I'm going to put all these links for you over on my Telegram and my Truth Social. You can follow me on Truth Social at DW Truth Warrior. And I'm the same on Telegram. I'll put those there for you guys. And let me know what your thoughts. But no fear. I'll put that quote from Frank Herbert as well for you guys. And just read it every day. And read it every day for a week. And you're not going to be afraid anymore. Okay? So with that, I have my lovely friend Julie here ready to jump in and join us. She's going to help break down, uh, especially for parents out there or anybody, just some practical things, just practical things that we can do to help the body do what it wants to do. Your body wants to thrive. Your body wants to fly. Your body wants to be healthy. Your body wants to be happy. So there's little things on top of what I just told you. I kind of gave you the deep metaphysical, uh, philosophical explanation of it. We're going to get very practical now and talk about some practical things that you can do during this season because a lot of these flus and colds have to do with the seasons. It's not to do with, oh, we've got the uh, hellhound variant running around. Come on. It's, it, is it a coincidence that it always happens around the fall winter season, right? Where the sun is a little more depressed. So then the humans are also a little more. So there's a whole process that happens there. What can we do during these months, especially if you live in Canada or places where you have a harsh winter, Europe, where they're shutting off your hot water and your gas and all that stuff. Uh, what can you do to help maintain optimal health uh, on a proactive level? So um, let me bring in Julie. She's awesome. Let's say hello. Julie, what's up? How are you doing? I'm so glad I just caught that last little bit because I was going through some notes, like getting myself ready for this call. And this quote popped out to me in one of my books. And it's so perfect. And it literally was, those who act with bravery and courage will overcome diseases, while those who act out of fear will fall ill. And it's in like an, just Ooh. an old school, just traditional like Asian medicine thing. So this is something they've been saying for thousands of years. So that's just so cool. <laughs> that is so cool. That is so cool. Um, I love it. Yeah. If you could send me that quote, I'll put it in the notes for people because this is what we need. I think. Do you agree? Did you hear anything like about, I was talking about fear, right? Yeah. And anxiety. Everybody's feeling it. They're feeling, because there's a lot of crazy stuff going on. And I don't, I feel it too. We all feel it. And that has a direct impact on our health, doesn't it? It absolutely does. It really just like lowers our frequency. So I was so happy to hear you even speaking about getting out in nature and stuff, because that's obviously one of the lifestyle things that I'm going to touch on. And just even that really fresh, clean oxygen that you're going to get out being by mm. the trees and under like starting to even reframe what we think of as oxygen and start to think of it as an actual nutrient that our body is like craving to help us just have a higher frequency and more light. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, and it's just funny to me that they're not telling anybody this stuff. Uh, people have to come to censored channels to learn about it uh, because they're trying to guide people to this one seasoned approach to health, which is actually just producing, as I've shown earlier, it's producing more disease. So I'm trying to tell people we have to be as proactive as we can about this. And I know everybody out there listening, everybody kind of has their favorite approach to things, but I really like what, like I've benefited a lot from talking to you. Um, Julie lives close to me. We talk a lot. We're friends. And 
um, there's, you've given me a lot of good advice and even pointed me towards solutions that I can help me. I was having problems with my knees from being crazy, yeah. you know, battle horse over these years, uh, you know, and just little things that we can do, but we can also deal with all of these flus and colds and all this stuff going around by being proactive. And so where, sh where would you like to begin with some of the points you wanted to cover with what people can do to survive yeah. what's going on? You know what I mean? I was really feeling just jumping right into something just very, a really good tool that we use with our family all the time because we are going into cold and flu season, which I like to put in quotations because it's just kind of a silly way of expressing it. Um, I wanted to jump right into just some really acute things that you can do as soon as you get the first inkling of being like, ooh, I'm like, I think I might be, there might be a bug in here or something might be not going right. I have some muscle aches, I'm sneezing a lot, I'm feeling more tired. Something that you can do that's just so simple and so effective. I've actually used it twice in the last month with my stepson where he's had a couple sniffles. So basically, I just want to speak to the value of heat. So when we first get come in contact with these like, like, let's just call them like exterior pathogens or exterior things that are trying to endure body or that some things that our bodies are trying to rid. Heat is such an amazing tool to really quickly support your body in expelling it. And not allowing the sickness to kind of get into your cells where it really drags you down. So essentially there's a window there's like this little short window before like a virus or a pathogen can take over i mean even that's kind of a debated topic but regardless of what theory whatever it is yeah exactly we all going, it, it's yeah. The, the what it is the benefit of it is the same thing so there's this window so you know when you kind of first get a bit of a colder flu you have like sort of clear runny mucus this is your window when your mucus is still clear that means you can still expel this by almost putting your body into like a fever state so this is like just running a bath that is hotter than you would normally doing it throw some epsom salts in there for a little extra good measure and really allow your body to sweat, allow it to sweat out whatever it is wanting to expel out of its body right there. And in some cases it can take just that one sweat and you're going to be just laughing. If you are still feeling it after that sweat, you can kind of do it up to two times a day. And so I did this with my stepson twice over the last month. And the first time he was very like, oh, like I'm uncomfortable, I'm too hot. And I was really trying to express to him the benefit of being like, you know what, we're just not gonna let you get sick. We're gonna knock this out of your body. So he did it, I put a candle in there for him, bubbles, the Epsom salts. And I was just like, you're just gonna zen out kid and you are going to sweat. So he let, let himself get really, really hot. He got himself sweaty. He was good to go. He never got sick. It didn't hit him the next time. And then I moved to the next time it happened. I was like, he's tell, he's expressing some cold symptoms again. And I was like, all right, we're going to sweat again tonight. And he was like, yeah. <laughs> so he oh recognized it that first time. So now it's just easy. He's willing to allow me to be comfortable and to sweat. So it's just, yeah, it's just such a simple thing that I just, we use it all the time. It's like, it's just use it, people. It works really well. What I do want I'll to know, though. I'll just add something to add to that, Julie, yeah. is that um, a friend of mine, he was, this was years ago. He got himself one of those little infrared saunas in his house. 
Um, and he did it. He's like, oh, this is how I stay healthy because the guy never got sick. He was one of my senseis. I'm like, how, how do you do? He's like, oh, just come for a sweat. And um, think, I thought about it. I'm like, well, we live in an area where I, I know a lot of First Nations people and they do something called the sweat lodge. And they mm -hmm. look at it as a, I think as a health thing, but also they look at it as a spiritual thing, right? Like there's like a spiritual aspect to it, this sweat lodge thing. And, um, and then I thought about, well, I was always in my dojo trying to get people to sweat. Like exercise is creating the inner heat and then the sweat allows you to get all this stuff out. And then I went to a, another place where they had the wet saunas. So it was like, it's the, it's the steam sauna, right? And they put yeah. eucalyptus in there. And I remember one time I was starting to feel, like you said, I was starting to feel a little bit, oh my God, something's coming on. I started seeing people getting sick. I went, okay. And I went over and we sat in this wet sauna. We just kept doing it the whole evening. And not only did I not get sick or I got rid of whatever it was before it hit me, I was like, felt like a Superman. I felt I probably expelled a bunch of stuff. So um, I was wondering when I had, it was local here where I live, right as the pandemic hit, they closed the swimming pools down and they closed the saunas. Then they opened the pool. They're like, you can come in. You got to wear your mask up to the change room. Then you can take your mask off, get half naked and jump in a pool with a bunch of people. That's totally cool. Uh, but they closed the saunas and they closed the hot tub. I'm like, those are the things you should close the pool and keep those two things open. We should have saunas everywhere. Uh, what do you think about that? Oh, yeah. Well, they were probably just running on the whole social distance, distancing nonsense, right? Not able to be Crazy. far enough away from people in those enclosures. But yeah, a lot of stuff was done that was so counterproductive to keeping us healthy through this. What about what about things like hot tea? Because we were told yes, that that causes you. myocarditis. That, that was my, <laughs> yeah, that was my next thing I wanted to say, because I do want to note too, if you are somebody with a bit of a weaker... Yeah, just like constitution, you understand that you get sick easily and you get sick hard and it comes on quickly, your body might actually be not strong enough to do something like going in all of that heat. So that's where you kind of need to right. personalize it for yourself. So if or if even if you just don't have a bathtub, but if the heat thing isn't going to work for you in the tub, you can do it with teas. So one of the very best ones that you can use is actually fresh ginger. So Oh. Fresh ginger is considered, so it's considered a um, diaphoretic herb. So diaphoretic means it makes you sweat. And you can come kind of almost, even just from its flavor, you know how it's hot, it's spicy, right? Mm. So fresh, but you can make yourself teas with fresh ginger. And if you drink that, like a half a cup of that fresh ginger tea, uh, every half an hour, you will notice that your body is actually going to start sweating just from drinking the ginger tea. And then you can pick it up a notch and add some other things in there, like lemon and honey, right? That's like the biggest old folk recipe for a cold. Right. Vitamin C with lemon and you have raw honey. We want the raw honey that has lots of antimicrobial properties. But with the ginger, it tastes good. It's enjoyable. And that too is going to help your body to expel some of this stuff out of your pores. Um, well, isn't it true they've been doing this in Europe? Cayenne? Right, sorry to jump in. Oh, cayenne as well. In Europe, they've been doing okay. like lemon water forever, right? Like they just put lemon in everything. Mm -hmm. Part of that Mediterranean yeah. diet. Great for your liver, great for detox. So that's an amazing strategy preventatively 
like right waking up in the morning and just having some lemon water as the way that you kind of help your body get rid of everything that it's worked on throughout the night flush it out of your system so that's an amazing just proactive thing to be doing every single day as well i felt like i had some little couple other notes here for the tea that i wrote down I think even the fact that the tea is, is hot. I try to drink it as, as hot as I can stand it. Um, I actually yeah. had uh, the other day, because my daughter just had a little cold or whatever. She got through it 24 hours. She's just at the end of it. Um, and I so I went, okay, let's make sure I start preventing. So I started drinking really hot teas. And man, I feel right as rain and no heart attacks, surprisingly, because they were telling oh. you that drinking hot tea can induce heart attacks. Um, so I didn't the see that. Alone that one got added to this day. What a joke, eh? It's just a joke. How amazing! Like, like all the things that you need to do. Years that we've been drinking tea. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But you had yeah. you had something more on the it's tea. It's just wild. Uh, no, you know what? I think that's good. But I thought a cool thing that I just found when I was going back through my notes is that cayenne is considered one of the highest sources of vitamin C in um, a plant like an actual like herb. So oh, I thought I that was just that. kind of a cool fun fact. Neither did I totally didn't. I was just going through that being like, oh, that's so cool. And then so, okay, so we talked about, so this is when your mucus is still running clear that this sweating therapy is, is going to work. Unfortunately, once you get to the point where, you know, your mucus and your phlegm kind of gets thick and yellow and green, it's gotten too deep into your system. It is in your cells now. And now this is where you just need to kind of let it run its course and support yourself as best you can as your body kind of deals with this pathogen that got deeper into the body. And so with right. that, one of the key things we want to think about is actually eating less food. So eating less food and sticking more to just nourishing liquid stuff that doesn't require a lot of digestion because we need to remember that digestion just takes so much energy and right now we're kind of wanting to reserve that energy for our immune system to get in there and just focus on getting you better right so that's like just lots of nice broths like bone broths vegetable broths um if you're finding that your symptoms are much more of like the hot fever that you're experiencing then instead of kind of doing this the soup and the broth leaning more towards juicing some fresh fruits and vegetables is going to be a little bit more supportive to the fever side of things mm. um but yeah just keep it simple keep it really simple on your food just really focus on your body having the energy it needs to heal and yeah broth so yellow mucus less food, broth, fruit and veggie juices. In the early stages, let's just get in there with lots of heat, a lot of heat. And as well as like, as soon as you feel those things too, you've done the heat and then just do a high dosage of vitamin D3, right? Like just kind of give yourself at like 10,000 to 15,000 IU, do that for a couple of days. It's totally safe to do short term. And then that's going to really give your body the kick, throw in some vitamin C, lots of oranges and lemon water, like we talked about. And those are just really good preliminary steps. That's going to help your body just kick it. And would you agree that, and it's funny that it's vitamin D and this was recommended by a lot of the medical heretics that came out and said, no, nah, you don't need all that crap, remdesivir and yeah. what you just need vitamin C, D, zinc. They gave you those as the basic uh, there's mm -hmm. quercetin, there's some of these other things that you can do, tree pollen and all this. Um, but 
sometimes there's a concern when people are supplementing and we do have to supplement more, especially in Canada, because we don't get access to the sun during the winter months very much, exactly. uh, especially here where we live in the island where it's cloudy yeah. and rainy. So you don't get as much of that vitamin D. Uh, but it is interesting talking about the the light and the everything is light, that that's actually one of the main elements that allows you to have a natural immune system function, right? But yeah. so then you supplement it, but you hear all these stories about supplements where it's not bioavailable, it, you kind of, it's cheap, there's fillers, and a lot of people don't even believe in it because of that. But you can get good quality stuff. How do you know if what you're buying is quality enough that's actually the body's going to understand it and it's going to give you any benefit. Yeah, that's that one can be tricky because yeah, you're totally right. There's a lot of junk on the shelves in the grocery stores, right? Like a lot of really generic brands, it's a lot of synthetic vitamins that your body doesn't really recognize cuz it's synthetic. Sometimes they do. So that's on across the board, but sometimes it takes like yeah, you got to dive into it. I think looking at a company's values, most times companies are going to have like their lay out their values for the company, see what those ones are, and then look for evidence of them actually like living up to those values in the kind of products they're producing, the transparency that they're allowing you in their products, whether or not they've actually done the clinical research, because there are plenty of supplement companies that go above and beyond and put in far more science into their supplements than even went into these vaccines, right? Like I'm talking like the double blinded, placebo controlled human clinical trials. You can find a lot of companies that go above and beyond and have that kind of research and science behind what they are putting out. And, and then, yeah, transparency in the ingredients, how transparent are there? Are they, how many like vague sort of words are they using that may be just hiding other things in behind the label mm. and I guess like real world advice. Like I really like seeing like testimonies and talking to other people who have like experienced some of the products and hearing their story. So yeah, the, know, the personal experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've tried, tried, I even tried, Oh, I wanted to ask you too about collagen. Cause it was you that turned me on to it. And I've been yes. hearing a lot of people talk about it. Um, and you know, there's the debate about powder collagen, liquid collagen, I don't know. It helped a lot of things for me when I switched to this liquid one. And, um, it like, not only did I feel like I had less inflammation in my joints, but I haven't been getting sick either, even though everybody around me was getting something. So, um, what is, do you have any good explanations for that? Like the collagen, this whole new field and maybe what types of collagen could help as well as a supplement? Yeah, so it's definitely very trendy right now, right? Collagen is one of like the main bandwagons that people are on. But what we need to know about collagen is, so it's definitely a very crucial nutrient. Like collagen is the most abundant protein in the human body. It is almost in every single cell in your body. It is responsible for the health of like your skin, your connective tissue, your fascia, your joints. It's really integral for your gut lining, for the health of your gums, for the health of your eyes, for your hair, for your nails. Like it's involved in absolutely everything. And the thing about collagen is when we're young, our collagen, the production in our body is going up, 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 right? Because we're, we're building, we're building us as a human being. So your collagen right. production is going, is on a really sharp 
up, you hit about age 20, and now you start losing about 1% of your collagen production per year. Then you get down to like 25 going on 30, and it starts to really rapidly decline. And that is where you see the evidence of your body losing collagen, right? You hit a certain age, you start getting all the fine lines and wrinkles, your skin start to sag, your joints start feeling less flexible. And those are, that's all evidence that your body is not, doesn't have enough collagen to really be loose and limber and all of those things. The tricky thing about collagen supplementation, especially when you're getting it in a powdered form, is naturally the collagen molecule is a very large molecule. So it is too large for much of it to actually get absorbed and actually end up in your bloodstream to then be used throughout the body. So a right. lot of these powdered collagens that you are buying at most, if you find a good powdered collagen at most, you are looking at only observe, absorbing about 30% of what is in that. So that's 70% of that product that is just going into the toilet, like literally. So that's the issue with the powdered collagens. The other issue is that the ingredients that go into a lot of these powdered collagens are pretty sketchy. Like you can almost think of it as like hmm. the hot dogs of protein. Like they are, <laughs> they are, they are taking any sort of scrap leftover animal part. Like I'm talking the hooves and the tails and the hides and the fish scales and the, and then they're just grinding that all up, putting it into a, powder and then making all these just enormous health claims that they can't back up by any research. So I used to advise people against buying collagen. I'm like, oh, maybe if you want a little bit extra protein or whatever. Ooh, this is another good clue. If protein is listed, like if it has like 10 grams of protein, pure collagen is not a dietary protein. It is not a dietary protein. It shouldn't have grams of protein in there where you're oh. getting that protein is literally from the ground up animal bits that they're that are ending up in that product with it to get to have with the collagen so then you move on to there's one company and one woman actually before this was even part of a company and this was over 20 years ago for whatever reason, she got really into the whole collagen thing and she wanted to come out with like a whole cosmetics line with using a lot of collagen. So most people didn't even know the word collagen 20 years ago. This woman just dove really, really deep into it. Did, I think there's over, at this point, there's well over like 30 human clinicals. She's patented all of the processes that she has found for it, right? So even though people, there's a lot of copycats, there's a lot of people trying to jump into this market, but they cannot duplicate what she has come up with because it's just under so much patent protection. But she found this very specific part of chicken. It's like the sternal cartilage of chicken. So it's like a byproduct after free range chicken farming. They found that the makeup of collagen in this very specific part is pretty much identical identical to the collagen that we produce in our own bodies so oh, it exactly really? mirrors the collagen that we find in our joints and what makes this so cool is that our bodies recognize it as self so it is able to see this it doesn't think if there's any funny business going on it thinks it's its own molecule and it just really quickly is able to take it and then put it where it wants to go 
What's also unique about it is that it's type two. So there's tons of different types of collagen. Generally, what you're seeing in the grocery stores are type one, type two, and type three. What makes type two collagen so unique, which is the source of this chicken sternum cartilage, is that it has this really unique ability to convert in the body to either type one be itself as two or to three, depending on what the body needs. It is also the only type that is able to work on your joints. So your joints require type two collagen in order to do that. That's incredible. I didn't know that. Like it's so, it's so intricate. And so basically to sum it all up, the more we can do proactively, naturally, as natural as possible, the better we're going to be able to keep that optimal health in mind and that ability to get through any of this stuff. So if I have a recap here, we've got heat is a really key thing. Hot bath. I, I usually put like some eucalyptus in there too. Uh, yes. Epsom salts. That's good. Yeah. Also helps you relax a little bit if you're feeling stressed. Um, and then uh, hot tea, contrary to what CBC news is telling you. Um, mm -hmm. And that cayenne pepper, so some, maybe the spicy foods, are, I'm not a spicy food fan, but maybe I should try to get some of that in. Just suffer um, through it once in a while. <laughs> suffer through a few, yeah. And then um, we got, uh, oh, like, yeah, getting into the saunas, all these kinds of things. Be, oh, before, like the clear phlegm versus the colored phlegm, you kind of know where you're at in that process. So you yeah. try to nip it in the butt and you'll usually notice it, like you'll start feeling the symptoms. I find I do these little protocols, like I'll take some more coconut oil or I'll do these little things that I've done to sort of, oh, I feel something coming on. I'm a little bit low energy and I'll nip it in the butt. So if you can get used to the cycle of the body and pay attention to that, you can do a lot of very natural things, apple cider vinegars, all that great stuff right in the beginning. And then to maintain its diet, um, you had mentioned that uh, if you are in the beginning stages, you want to go more hot. And then if you're actually, this, this illness has set in, you're going to go more with the fruits, veggies, the, the uh, make some shakes, make some smoothies. These are good things too. less hard food for digestion. Mm -hmm. And then uh, mm -hmm. keep that vitamin C, D and zinc very present. Um, get a good form. The collagen is a new thing people can look into. Make sure you look into the ingredients. Make sure you look into the, you know, how much uh, actual evidence they have to back it up. And I just think these are, I wish this is the kind of advice that was given to people in 2020 because we wouldn't have had this pandemic and it would have just blown through whatever this was. Um, and so uh, that's awesome. I'm just so glad. This is the kind of stuff that I like talking about is what you can do proactively so that you don't, it takes away the fear from people. And I think this is good information to share with people that are stuck in fear right now. They're still wearing their two masks. They're still listening to the news. They're, uh, they're not, they're preventing that glutathione production in the lungs and the whole process and they don't understand it. So that's why I love bringing you on, Julie, so we can break this down. Oh, yeah, NEC, NAC. Oh, N-E-C? that's a really, just because you mentioned glutathione, that's a really mm. good one because that is the precursor that gives your body more what it needs to produce that glutathione. Oh, okay. Which is fantastic. Yeah, and um, I felt and it's like, N -E -C? oh. NEC? NEC is like the short form. It's short form and it's yeah short for n-acetylcysteine and then yeah so that's a really great supplement just to have on hand because it helps your body produce more glutathione 
Oh, okay. I see. I so see. that one's good for that. And then there's just one more, there was a diet thing since you said diet, um, a good thing to be aware of something to kind of, you want to kind of reduce and be mindful of in the fall and winter is actually your dairy consumption, just because the actual like energetic properties of dairy, it's very uh, damp and cooling. So this can actually lead to a lot of sort of like stuck phlegm and mucus and kind of congestion. So it can be pretty hard on like your lungs in the fall and winter because we just don't have enough heat around us to really like break that down so that one kind of be just not great for your immune system for the fall and the winter and then i obviously gut health is a big thing just knowing to take a look at your gut health if you're having gut issues just know that about 80 percent of your immune system lives literally around the gut line your gut lining and we just want to make right. sure that we have the good bugs in there we want to make sure that our digestion is feeling good because uh yeah your immune system definitely suffers if your gut health is suffering i've heard people say that the gut is like a second brain it's it the is. brain of the body yeah yeah it's just as complicated it as the brain that's yeah. amazing that's amazing. You can literally disconnect the vagus nerve, like your gut from the brain, like you can sever that connection and your gut will keep functioning without input from the brain. It's literally, really? yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> it's wow. so this cool. is fascinating. Well, I've, yeah. I've learned a lot today, Julie, this is great. I'm so glad I had you jump in. I think I'm going to bring you back a few times. Uh, we'll, we'll keep doing little updates because this is the information that people need. What steps can I take right now with myself, with my children? to uh, create an environment for health and um, get off the, get off all the pharma stuff, you know, right? That's the key. Uh, do you do, do you, are you doing any blogs or websites or Facebook or anything or doing any? Uh, yeah, a lot of something. what I do is like on Facebook. That's where kind of just, yeah. I do, that's just been my best way for my online business has been Facebook. I know Facebook has yeah. its issues, but yeah, that's where I share a lot of my content. So Julie Ann Berexky, I can just, yeah. That's how you can find if you fart me the link yeah oh, i'll actually, put it in the show notes my, i can put my facebook profile link i'll just send that to you yeah send but it yeah. over so people can follow what you're doing because you put out a lot of good info maybe one day you could start like a sub stack or something or who knows but uh just because you you have a lot of knowledge on it and um my platform is always open i just want to get funny i created i created a sub stack because i have that in my mind like i just i haven't put anything out on it yet i just randomly like okay i think this would be a good thing to do. So that's like, that's in the works for me. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Just little easy articles with stuff in it. And yeah. Easily get it out. Well, that's great. Well, Julie, thank you so much. Uh, we'll put all the links for you. I'll also put the link to our previous show where you went into even more detail about the nutrition aspect um, and being proactive about your health, mentally, physically, spiritually. That is the key. Uh, let's stop reacting to things. Let's get out of fear. Uh, and let's just know that if you have a solution in your mind, that gets rid of any of that fear that you might have about this stuff. And uh, let's keep learning more. I'm still learning. And uh, that was awesome. So thank you, Julie. Any closing remarks for people? Closing remarks. Closing remarks. No pressure. You've already done amazing. Job. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I did. I was going to say, like, this was the book that I was, if anyone just wants a really cool at home, just Bible for keeping your family healthy, this book, oh, nice. I get it on my camera. Right, I can't uh, get it on my yeah, there you go. Healing, healing with Whole Foods. Foods oh, Asian Traditions with Modern Nutrition, and it's by Paul Pitchford. Oh my God, I cannot do that. Oh, look at Paul that. Paul Pitchford. Nice. <laughs> there we go. This 
book is just, it's like a Bible of everything. It even has like how to use hydrogen peroxide properly for things. And like, it's cool. This is a really great one for just like beating the system and knowing what to do. And it's, it weighs a thousand pounds. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Julie, thank you so much. I know you got to get back to the kids and everything. Thank you. We'll bring you back again. Uh, really appreciate it. Really valuable knowledge. And um, yeah, we'll do it again sometime. Okay. Thank you. All right. We'll catch you later. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm going to get that book. I got a few other books on my library shelf that get into all this uh, stuff about natural health. There's so much information we have access to now that we didn't before. And this is a good time for us to get educated more on it. So we kind of covered the full spectrum today. I think we did pretty good. 90 minutes. We talked about the nonsense going around in the news right now. We completely debunked it. Um, we talked about the science of light, the secret of light, the biophotons. We talked a little bit about the uh, Goethe's amazing theory. And then we wrapped it up with some nutritional and um, basically the, the type of information you need to prevent illness from even setting in. And I think that that psychological mechanism is such a huge component. They're never going to tell you about it. And the bottom line is we don't need the cult of the medics. We got this. We have the knowledge. It's age old. And uh, health is an inside job. So go forth and multiply this information to people, my friends. And thank you so much for joining me. I'll just quickly show you uh, my, what's going on on my site. I recorded yesterday. I spent the whole day doing my new premium episode on the dark side of Tibetan Buddhism. So for Truth Warrior Premium, you guys are going to get that probably tomorrow it's possible i'll have it ready to go by later this evening but i'll notify you on all my social medias so you can get access to that if you want uh go check out that interview i did with josh reed on the children of light i think it's really good and then i have my premium as well that i did on that and i just want to say thank you to some of my amazing sponsors here we got rise attire shout out to rise attire these guys are awesome. They have their own show. You can get them on Foxhole and all the great places. Uh, they do really good research, but they're also artists. And uh, they built this amazing uh, apparel line for Cult of the Medics. It's a great way to support the documentary series that you can watch for free over at cultofthemedics.com. I'm currently in production for Chapter 9, so working hard on that. You're probably going to see me not as much on my social media over certain periods because I have to focus on editing. I got to get this thing done. And they are working on building me a new uh, a new series just for Chapter 9, which I'm really excited to see. They've been sending me some mock-ups, and it's really good. It's evil-free. It's made in the USA by Patriots and um, Top Shelf Threads, so really, really good stuff. And I think the art is awesome because it gets the conversation going right? You wear something like this. I've had it happen to me. I went to like a ping pong tournament and I was wearing my cult of the medics hoodie. I had so many amazing conversations with people. It was awesome. So, and it looks really good. So check that out. I have a new sponsor. They're named Modere. They do a lot of uh, really high quality supplements and uh, they do have collagen. They do have multivitamins. They have a lean body system. They got amazing cleaning products. They have mental clarity and energy, just things that if you're looking for quality supplements, um, you're going to see that they have the trans, the, uh, clean confidence label. They got the transparency that I'm so glad I finally found in a company. So check those out and then send me your feedback. I want to hear from you guys. I find my sponsors based on what works for you. 
And so far I found that they check all the boxes when it comes to quality and uh, they even have good pricing and they'll give you 10 bucks off just for coming from truth warrior. And I think they even have a deal right now. Uh, they got a lot of discounts. I think it's around black Friday or whatever, but who cares about that? They're giving you pricing, uh, down downgraded pricing. They have a winter immune system pack. They've got some really cool things to make things simple. So go check them out. I got my mighty warrior collection. You can get some swag. Look, we've even got stuff for the kids. It's really cute. The mighty warrior and, uh, some other cool stuff. So these are just some ways you can help support the show and also support your health and your overall well-being. And that's the whole point. So with that, my friends, thank you so much for supporting this show, for sharing it out. It goes a long way. We want to get this information out to as many people as possible. And I got a lot more coming your way soon. So stay tuned here on Truth Warrior. My website is dwtruthwarrior.com and I'll catch you next time. Thanks everybody. Go forth and be the light of the world. Cheers, everybody.